Hi, I'm Mario Guerra, the two-time former mayor of the great city of Downey. And I'm here with my co-host, Eric Pierce, the editor of the Downey Patriot. And you're watching, you're listening to Talking Downey with Mario and Eric. Mario, another special guest with us today. We do. We do on there. And thank you for being here. Uh, we are, well, introduce yeah. yourself. <laughs> okay, perfect. Say. Well, my name is Ernesto Valle, president of Northwest Downey Little League and candidate for City Council District 3. And uh, Mario and Eric, thank you so much for the opportunity to be yeah. here. We're glad you're here. We have, uh, as we've been uh, telling you, uh, we are interviewing all the candidates uh, for both District 3 and District 1. District 3 is Northwest Downey. Uh, it had been currently uh, been represented for a short time by Catherine Alvarez, who uh, the, the residents in that district and the city recalled her. Uh, so that's an open seat. Uh, there's three candidates, and, and Ernesto uh, uh, graciously had decided uh, to come on. So we want the, the residents of Downey to get to know you, get to know the issues and the people, and then make informed, informed decisions on there. So, Ernesto, uh, how did you decide to run for city council? You know, it's, it's uh, one of the things that, uh, honestly, I, I was thinking about for the last year. I had some residents approach me. Uh, they saw some of the good that I've done in, in, at Northwest Downey Little League. I was also mm -hmm. president of the PTA. So I'm always willing to be that one that uh, part of what got me going is uh, a lot of us like to complain. Mm -hmm. We complain about crime, we complain about uh, homelessness, but we can't get nothing accomplished unless we work from the inside out. So we either get involved and do something about it, or we just sit down and have beers and complain about it. So that's one of the reasons that, that I got into it. And then the other reason, the, the main reason, because someone asked me this the other day was, you know, COVID was a tough situation for a lot of people, right? And my kids, uh, at the time, both of them were going to Price. I uncovered that our kids were getting less hours than the rest of Downey Unified School District. They were, they were mm -hmm. not getting the, the same amount of hours uh, through the online setting. So that really, again, something to complain about. So I started a movement to get the schools open, make sure we had the right permits and all that. But the reason for that was my kids, I was strongly considering to pull my kids and go to Los, Los Alamitos. Mm -hmm. They opened up, they had this and the other. So there's a, a, a good acquaintance, someone that, that I won't mention uh, her name, but said, are you really gonna tuck tail and run? Is your city? Why did you come to Downey? I go. I came because of the school district. It was a great place to raise a family. Mm -hmm. So I said, No. You know what? You're right. Why should I tuck tail and run? Let's go ahead and fix this. Let's go ahead and do something about it. So right now, when you ask, why am I running? It's because I'm running for you. I'm running for you. I'm running for my family. I have a three-year-old that, you know, uh, goes to the Montessori. I have my kids that go to Price and Griffiths. And I believe I'm the only candidate that currently has any kids in DUSD. So I see the crime. I see the homelessness. So it's either we attempt to fix them now or where are we going to be five years from now? And I'm not running. I'm staying in Downey. So that's, you know, sorry I, I went on a little bit longer, but in reality that's what it is. I'm, mm -hmm. I want to hear and fight, and I want the best Downey possible for our residents, for our community, and selfishly for my, my family. Mm -hmm. Great, great. Ernesto, what, what do you think are the biggest issues facing Downey today? So 
every every candidate I believe would would say that what we're hearing out there, what I've experienced is there's there's a big problem with regards to homelessness. Mm-hmm. There's a big problem with respect to to crime, and you see it on even positively downy. Mm-hmm. I could tell you that recently, uh, my my daughter, my stepdaughter, was followed from. Uh, we live right behind Gloria's, and she was followed from uh, Old River and Florence, right by Gloria's, to Cerrito. She works at the mall, and it was before hours, and she was followed. And because we've properly trained and prepared for that, she was able to not become a victim. But she was followed. She did all the right things. She, the, the guy parked three mile, three three stalls from her. She didn't put the, park, the car in park. She didn't turn it off. And then she called the police. She went to the security entrance before. She did all the right stuff, all, all, all the right, all the right things. So, uh, crime is definitely uh, running, uh, going in the wrong direction for the city of Downey. Now, with that being said, is a lot. I, I haven't heard someone say, "How do we attack it?" Right? Someone said, "Let's just uh, hire more cops." Well, there. Then I don't need to run. You're in good hands because that's the answer. That's obviously not necessarily the answer. So uh, I like to show real-life examples. So if I ever got to 500 pounds and had a heart attack, whose fault would it be? Mine. So prior to this, I worked at the I, – I was in charge of uh, 55 branches for, for a very large bank, and I did a lot of community involvement at the women's shelter. Uh, our shelters are – empty, they're, they're probably 15% capacity, 85% empty. We just keep throwing money at the problem. Well, if I get to 500 pounds and I have a stroke, that's my problem. It's very hard to lose weight and change your lifestyle once you get, can you do it? Can you fix it? Yes. So right now when we get to that point of homelessness, it's very difficult that we're working backwards. So I want to be reactive, uh, proactive versus reactive. So that's why for me it's very important. I've, I've been talking about our use, use programs. Right, bringing in trade schools to 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 our city, to kind of attack homelessness before it begins. It was very sad for me, uh, and we'll get into lights and other questions that you might have. But it was very sad for me when uh, uh, Northwest Downey, we were we're the only little league that's ever done anything of what I'm talking about next. Is we were able to purchase a hundred turkeys to help with our helps office right there at Apollo to help feed the, the needy that came out of our pocket. And we raised tournaments to raise funds to buy that. We also helped with uh, generating over a thousand toys for Toys for Tots. No one else, no other Little League that I know of has ever even attempted that. Uh, because for us, it's more than baseball. It's building the good character traits that are gonna help our youth mm-hmm. become better, better citizens. So the sad part is that I was receiving uh, Roxy from the helps uh, office shared with me letters about of kids of Downey residents. You know what they were asking for? Not toys. They were asking for shampoo, deodorant, socks. So what did that tell me? They said we have struggling families in the city of Downey, right? So we can't wait till our children become or, 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 or don't have that guidance for that right path. We need to make sure we invest and continue to invest in our youth uh, to ensure that we are proactive and not get to that point mm-hmm. of homelessness. Now, with better jobs, you reduce crime. You know. So again, that's my platform is if, you, if, you're, if you're thinking what are the big, the, the biggest things that I hear 
in our in our community is crime and homelessness. I have a friend who is uh, uh, voted for me is voting for me, and he says, "I've been researching. If this doesn't get better in the next six months, I'm moving to Colorado. Why the heck do we need to move to Colorado? Why the heck are we do we need to feel the need to get out of Downey, such a great city? It's like we need to stand and fight now. So those are the the, the main concerns. And then the other concern in District Three mm-hmm. is." Uh, activities as you know we yes we have Apollo yes we have Rio San Gabriel yes we have other parks but in district three that we're very limited into the types of activities that we that that we have or access to use activities that mm-hmm. we have so the, those are my residents you know so Downey as a whole crime homelessness are big big issues and then in my, in my district is they're looking at use activities okay great um, well um, a couple more more specific uh, by the way I totally agree with you and I think uh, TLC, Eric and I have worked with TLC from a school district, and you're right. That was one of the things that we did both Kiwanis and Rotary is give them shampoos and soaps and, you know, the eyeglasses, and that's part of our school district. They've done a great job, but there is that, that need for our kids there. And some of them that are homeless, um, you know, living homeless also living in garages, you know, that kind of thing on there. So, um, Eric, you want to ask him a couple of the other questions? By the way, none of these questions, we mentioned them to him 30 seconds before we started, just like we did with all the other candidates. So these questions were not preset before, by the way. Ernesto, you mentioned homelessness. How would you address homelessness? Is that would you support, you know, a, a shelter? There's been talk about maybe um, the county purchasing motels and converting that to permanent or transitional housing. How would you address homelessness in Downey? I, I have a different approach, and again, I think the only I'm the only candidate that's actually shown some detail. I will tell you that uh, I think uh, in California uh, we have the most uh, uh, homeless uh, population mm. than any other state. Obviously, we have the, the the largest state by numbers, right? But it's just uh, a continuing problem. So mm-hmm. I just mentioned our shelters are basically empty. They're, they're, they're basically empty, uh, 15%, because these people have adjusted to a lifestyle. They suffer from either drug abuse uh, or drug dependence. They they either have me- mental issues or they just adapted to the lifestyle and prefer they don't want to follow the rules. They don't want to get there before eight. So we've been throwing billions and billions of dollars right now. I think uh, I could be mistaken, but LA County, you know, they, they're asking for more shelters. Well, why are we going to build more shelters if they're empty, if they're not going to get full? A couple of years ago, they filled the riverbed by uh, Tustin Santa Ana, right? It took a couple of years. Uh, the people from KFI Radio led a great charge, and they forced them to have two cots for everybody. But then they had to talk to each individual, and 97% of the individuals didn't want help. Mm-hmm. So by the time they actually cleaned it up, they found thousands and thousands of, of, of syringes, heroin, whatnot, and drugs. So my approach would be this. Number one is obviously, again, we continue to talk about it, is, is attack it at the youth level, right? Uh, number two is we have to empower our police, and this may sound tough for some people, but we need to enforce the law. We need to enforce the law. There can't be no overnight staying. Right now, if you go to Furman Park, like I do sometimes at 7 in the morning, we have homeless people staying overnight. We have homeless people cutting. They cut into uh, Rio Hondo School, and they were sleeping there they created a little gateway. We were actually the ones that called Downey PD. We got it fixed, and they did it again, and they did it again, and they did it again. Now it's becoming more of a manifestation, right? So we need to enforce the law, number one. Number two is create a small task force, 
task force within our police department that really specialize and identify is this person homeless because of necessity? Mm-hmm. Is it because they are homeless because they're, they're, they're on drugs? Is it a mental issue? And we kind of have to, I know there's certain laws, and again, I'm, I'm, I'm an outsider. I'm not a politician, so there's a lot of things I'm gonna have to learn, but we gotta volunteer them. You need to take this, you need to, we, we need to put you this, or else you can't be here. If two days, if they're drug dependent, and they're two days in Downey at the, at, at the local cell, and they're off their drugs, they're gonna be crazy, they're gonna be hurting, and they're not gonna wanna come back to Downey, right? Number two is, once we establish that task force is, offer them the proper help. So what I'm saying is, let's help you get clean. I wanna bring in trade schools to the city of Downey. Plumbers make over $100,000 a year. They sometimes branch out and create their own business, right? So let's help you get back on the feet. Let's get you clean and back on your feet. Also, we have a lot of businesses here that complain about the homelessness, loitering and being on the property. So Mario, you have this business, restaurant. So-and-so's been homeless for a couple of years. You've been calling Downey PD for two years that he's here every day for three hours. It's taking away from my resources. So Mario, you know what? Ernie's no longer dependent on drugs. He's went through our program. He's looking at, he's working at this, he's learning a new skill from our trade school. If you hire him as a bus boy, as a dishwasher, to patrol your parking while he's going to the trade school, guess what? We'll give you a tax break on your business for allowing, you're working with us, you're getting him off the street. Now we're putting him in a situation where you could get, uh, become a, a, a good citizen and, and make good money. And if not, again, offer him, try to offer him the services, but we need to identify that first, but it really starts by enforcing our laws. Mm-hmm. We have to enforce our laws and make sure that we provide, and if we, and we, we don't have a certain law that says you cannot stay here overnight or whatnot, we need to make sure that, that, that we start incorporating that. Mm-hmm. So that's a quick summary of what my ideas would be. Ernie, um, in a follow-up on that, on the homeless on there, so the county is looking at buying some of our motels and turning them to, uh, what's it called, room key? Um, uh, anyways, and turning them into homeless shelters, if you will. I think will. It's, it's home key now. Uh, home, home key chain, or yeah. something like that. What are your thoughts on that? Again, if it's, if it's going to be something positive for the city, is you have to look at it two ways. Is I believe San Francisco did something similar a year ago or something where they were giving everyone, uh, especially during COVID, they were giving homeless people to uh, uh, rooms at very fancy hotels mm-hmm. and whatnot. So we have that. So, so a couple of things about that. Number one is what is that going to do to our district, right? Number two, is that going to be a long-term solution or are we putting a Band-Aid on the problem? So what I'm proposing is long-term solution. So this is something new, so I would have to, I'm not a politician, but at the same time, I want to give you a truthful answer. So this just shooting from the hip, I would have to really do more research on it. But for me, it would be tough for me to say, hey, let's go ahead and put a turnkey, turn our motel into a turnkey. And then because what happens with homelessness, if, if, if you put them in there, what happens at our shelters downtown? You have, what, what, what tends to follow that? Prostitution? drugs do i really want one of our hotels to house that as a temporary solution that might be 85 percent of the time empty and the 15 percent might not getting uh getting the right help that they need to get off of becoming home of, of being homeless right. so again short-term solution yes we get them off the, the the hot sun and yes we get them out of the weather but are we providing an actual solution 
to to end homelessness. I don't think that that's the right path. But mm -hmm. again, I would have to do more research on that. But yeah. as of right now, based on just what little I know and what San Francisco did and what it's done, I don't want that in downtown. I don't want that in one of my motels. And to be clear, I think what that county is doing, it is motels. So it wouldn't be the larger hotels in Downey. It would be the, the motels, the smaller motels. And let me ask you this. If, if it's a motel where you, as a homeowner, live might mm -hmm. live next to mm -hmm. or even renting, mm -hmm. is that how many homeowners love to live next to a crack house? Well, not too many. And I'm not saying that that's sure. the case. Again, that's why I have to do more research. I'm just yeah. saying that I, I, I don't think that that's the solution. It's an important topic. And I'll, since you asked me the question, I'll, I'll answer. Is I think I think who do we think is living in the motels right now? Anyways, those aren't tourist areas. Those are people who are homeless already or very close to being homeless. And I know this just through my work through the TLC Center. Is we we have a problem in down a regional problem. Damn. And I, I think we do need more information. But, you know, let's say like a Rick's Motel, who's living there? If we drive by there right now, I mean, we, we know that's where the police, there's motels where the police do, um, the, the, at night they drive, they look for for stolen vehicles. Those aren't great a, areas right as, now anyways. And being on a lot of ride-alongs, like we do go back there every time, but making Rick's Motel a homeless shelter mm -hmm. is like the worst thing you could do for the city of Downey. Why? Because you're now going to say, come here. Instead of having, we have 96 homeless is the last count. You're going to say, come here, we'll take care of you. If you have the resources for it, if you've got to have the mental health, if you have it where they can do drug addiction and so forth, if you have them just for them to come and live at Rick's Motel, terrible. I, look, but I, I come, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, look what, they, look what happened in L.A. Look at I, Norwalk. They had the one hotel that was a turnkey operation, 300% increase in homelessness in the city of Norwalk after that. Was right. You, yeah. you need their proper services. Yeah. I have a photo <laughs> of a photo, Mario, from Rick's Motel from yeah. a couple years ago. Oh, yeah. Two people who yeah. were fatally shot there. No, no. It, it's not, I'm not pretending that Rick's Motel is like some resort area. I, it's I, I already, so. it's not a great area. So Eric and Mario, mm -hmm. you're both making my point. Mm -hmm. You're making the exact point that I'm saying, as you mm -hmm. said, well, why not, Mario? Well, and, and you're absolutely <laughs> right. It's already there. Mm -hmm. It's already there. So by adding to it, mm -hmm. I feel that we would, based on the, the information mm -hmm. I have right now, shooting from the hip, we would increase it. Mm -hmm. So what's the, uh, what's the end game? Mm -hmm. So if we don't have a, a, a solution to clean it up now with what we're facing, mm -hmm. we're going to add more to it with a long-term solution. That's why I'm proposing long-term solution stop putting band-aids on this issue mm -hmm. let's fix it uh long term and let's start by fixing mm -hmm. the people that are currently there let's mm -hmm. help those people mm -hmm. become uh self-employed um uh employed and off the streets once we get that now if we want to look at hey it worked we have a we have a process mm -hmm. these ideas proposed are working now let's look at a turnkey because now we found the long-term solutions this so. is a great discussion that's yeah. why it's such an sure. important yeah. issue yeah, I, right. I, love no, I love that no i love that one answer yeah, <laughs> yeah. so and, and there's no right answer because obviously sure. it's been impacting uh, yeah. california and la in particular in yeah. the last 20 years so we're yeah. not going to solve it today gents yeah. but this is a great conversation yeah. yeah so so let's go back to some of the other issues and uh, sure. just to get people on the record we've asked this on there so would you do you support a marijuana dispensary in downey I do not. Okay. I do not. And and uh, what I will tell you, this is this is a a tough one. Uh, and and I will tell you why. It's you look at Downey at what we're looking at, 
Downey's changed. Downey's changed with the type of businesses that we're allowing into the city. So it's not necessarily what I support. Mm -hmm. It's what do our residents support, right? Because if you look at, if you look at, so there's there's four pillars. So I want I want to make sure that everyone understands. There's four guiding pillars that uh, I learned in business a long time ago. The four pillars that I would use whenever making a decision here for the city of Downey or being involved in the decision are number one is I'm gonna look at how does this impact our youth? How does this impact our residents of District Three and residents of Downey? How does this impact our revenue? And how does this impact our brand? So initially, if you just look at me right now, how does this impact our use? I don't think it's a positive thing for our use to have a, a, a dispensary in place in the city of Downey. How does it impact our, our bottom line? Well, that might be a good thing, right? Increased revenue, makes millions and millions of dollars, taxation, maybe we could use that for police and things like that. So that's the plus. How does it impact our brand? I don't think it necessarily impacts our brand in a positive light. So a lot of our people, uh, residents, are starting to compare our city of Downey to, uh, don't want to mention cities, but other neighboring cities, mm-hmm. right? So do we want to follow the crowd or do we still want to continue to be that distinguished city? Mm-hmm. So again, I would have to really sit down with our residents of Downey and say, is this something that you want? And if you want it, how can we make sure that it's something that's going to be positive? Mm-hmm. Now, me personally, you could go down. I've, I've never uh, smoked weed or, or had any use for it. But uh, I do know that it's some people use it for meta, uh, medicinal and things of that nature. But then it's how do you control that, right? So for me, on the personal level, I would say no. Okay. Ernesto, uh, you spoke in, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think you put, you posted on social media about lights yes, at Furman Park. Uh, you support lights yes, at Furman Park. Not everybody does. I agree. Uh, speak a little bit about that. So perfect. I had a great conversation. So so, thank you for that alley-oop right here. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's been some misconceptions. I, I had a great conversation with someone that's actually leading a coalition against lights at Furman. Uh, what he was told by by volunteers and and without naming campaigns because there's one particular campaign that's just I believe saying whatever needs to be said to to get a vote. Uh, they were told that we're going to have games till 11 p.m. They were told that we're going to have travel ball tournaments. Right? Mm-hmm. They've been told to sign the other. The biggest concern about the people that oppose the lights at Furman mm-hmm. are is the parking. Now, mm-hmm. I used to own a property on Wileyburg, so I know the parking can be congested, right? So I understand that concern. Lights at Furman means so much more. We, you have to understand that just like Price, Furman was not intended to be a regional park. Mm-hmm. Neither was Price. Price was, you look at the traffic <laughs> at Price in the morning on Suva and Tweedy Lane, right? So it was intended for us to walk our kids to school. Mm-hmm. Furman was not intended to be a regional park. It was intended to be small, right? Because of all the groundbreaking things that we've done at Furman, when I took over Furman, we had 150 kids. 50 of those kids were, uh, actually, I'm sorry, 25 of those kids were special needs. Mm -hmm. So we're one of the few little leagues 
still today that offers a program for Challengers Division, both our mm -hmm. kids with autism and we, special special needs. I started it at West Down in LA on there. Thank so, you, thank yeah, you for doing that. So now, yeah. my friend, you'd be happy to know mm -hmm. that we have 100 kids in our Challengers Division. Hey, that's awesome. We, we, we've done, we started a scholarship program last year and we've given over $3,000 to those families that are transitioning with mm -hmm. those special needs kids that, that, that start transitioning to high school. Yeah. Uh, we gave them $500. Uh, so this year we gave four families $500, which was $2,000, mm -hmm. right? So with that being said is we went from 150 kids to 500 kids, mm -hmm. okay? The other thing that people may not know is we don't share Northwest Downey with just Northwest Downey, Little League. We share it with soccer and Razorbacks. They go out there. So what residents don't understand is lights, uh, with the new project, it was a water storm. It, it was on the agenda last year, uh, I believe in July. You can mm -hmm. look it up. Don't take my word for it. Do your research. It's, it was passed. We received this money because they want to create a filtration system that will filtrate the water that goes out mm -hmm. to the rivers and oceans or whatnot. So we got money from there. So we proposed and it was passed, voted by the council to get lights at Furman. The park, that, that, that storm act, that storm water act, is going to... First and foremost, it's going to knock down completely the fields at Furman. The fields are going to move inward, okay? So they're knocking down those two smaller fields, and they're going to make those larger fields. They're going to push them uh, more inward. We're so who's wait, wait, who's sorry. funding that? Uh, it, it's uh, I believe we got some money from from the state of California. So to move the part well, the fields? No, but they're, they're going to put that filtration system. Uh -huh. So in order to do that, they're going to have to dig under and they're going to have to do some renovations to the park this is what okay. i was told and i was I w it's actually wow. on the agenda item on the on the city council i believe on the july agenda of 2022 it's a storm water so the oh the storm water runoff yeah right but, that, right, yeah. right so but they're going to move the field they're going to move the fields i've been talking to wow. parks and recs they're moving the fields more inward mm -hmm. they're providing lighting the lighting is top-notch technology so it won't come off more than one foot off the off the foul line so that's not going to infringe on the on the neighbor's property. Now here's where but the parking issue. Still the there. parking yeah. issue, and and I, I'm, I'm going to address it. What I would like to propose is, with some of the money that's on the table that we're getting, is mm -hmm. we create a parking structure where the tennis court make it look really nice, really modern. Mm -hmm. Put the tennis court on top of a parking structure, so it's not a nice store for the residents. Make it really, I, I've seen tennis courts on top, it, it, it looks beautiful. Mm -hmm. And create additional parking because remember, it's not just, a lot of people say it's just Northwest Downey. No, 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 no. We got AYSO, we got Razorbacks going. So it's not just Northwest Downey that's, that's using the fields. Now the other, the other thing is that I, I propose that we do is, I am, I have really good friends or good acquaintances, good friends at Parks and Recs and they might not like what I, what I have to hear is, we have a lot of travel walk teams in City of Downey, where the kids are not from City of Downey. They're not. You can look at your roster, you got two kids from City of Downey. How did they jump to get top priority at Apollo and at Discovery, and even now at Real San Gabriel, they got, they got top priority. They went to number one priority, we got bumped to number two. So what I have proposed for a long time is, our, our juniors don't have a place to, to, to play. I've had to rent fields in Bell Gardens. Cut hay, even Metro, for our juniors to, to practice in. Now I have a great relationship with the city. They've, they've allowed us discovery. 
but that's still not enough for the number of teams that we have. If we moved our majors division and our juniors division to, let's say, Discovery, where we should have top priority along with West Downey, along with West Downey. It's not a no, just a Northwest Downey issue. It's well, a Downey issue. They do DJ. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, they do. But I'm just saying we have a lot of travel ball teams that I don't know how they got priority. So I'm willing to move. I want to have our tournaments there. I want to have our tournaments at Apollo. I want to have tournaments at Real San Gabriel because that, those parks are already established with lights. We could alleviate some of the foot traffic mm -hmm. that's going to, uh, to Furman Park. All those tournaments that we, that we do to raise funds for the kids, mm -hmm. we could do them outside of Furman. Also, by having lights, my friend, the reason that our Little League, you have so many Little Leaguers there at one point is we're like ants because we don't have light. So since we don't have light, guess when they all show up for practice and games and everything? They all try to show up at 4.30, and we're there in the summer till about 8.30. We get every last ounce of light that we can. Mm -hmm. So we all combine at the same time. By having lights, we would be able to stretch it out. We would be able to stretch it out. We're not, I, I'm not proposing that we have it till 10 or 11. Obviously, they're school nights. I propose we cut it off at 8.30. By 9, we're out. I still propose that the lights should be somewhat, uh, uh, lit especially if they're not mm -hmm. because of, uh, obviously statistically you know this mario police what would police say i go we want to get to keep the transient when you have darkness in such a large place what happens there's more crime there's more homelessness yeah. there's a reason that northwest downey we had a couple of years ago we started lo locking our bullpens and our dugouts because in the mornings we would find transients we would find uh drugs we would find used condoms we was we even found a gun once so is that what we want in our parks? And residents, if you're neighbors, show up at 7 in the morning and look at the amount of homelessness and activities that are going on after hours and in, your, in the morning. So I believe it's also a safety issue. So lights, I think, would, would garnish that. I think, it would, I, I think it would help with parking. I think if we get uh, the rest of the parks in line and say, hey, it's for Downey residents and for, for, for Downey youth, and we're able to stream some of our programs that way in conjunction because at the end of the day, it's about Lily. I also think, and I could be wrong, Mario, you might know more about this than I do. I believe that the lights at at uh, at Warren were put there in conjunction with some sort of agreement that we were going to be able to get our kids from our little leagues out there. Right now, what do we have? We have feeder feeder systems. Mm -hmm. They've been subleasing the, the, the fields to other travel ball programs mm -hmm. that aren't here from Downey. They were having a Korean league play on Sundays. Who's paying for the lights? Who's paying for those resources? You are, you are, I am. Why aren't our kids, our baseball programs from the city of Downey taking advantage of that? Why can't your kids that make the varsity, JV, far software freshman teams, why can't they use the equipment that we paid for, the batting cages? After four, they can't use it because they got travel ball teams there that are supposedly a feeder system. The best I, feed I don't know enough. No, on no, that. I, 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 I know. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, the no. best feeder yeah. system is West Downey, Northwest Downey Little League. I am proud, and it's a record. We had 12 kids this year uh, uh, go to West um, Downey High and Warren that never played travel ball, but the way we run our system at Northwest Downey, we run it. Uh, very competitive. We're bringing in trainers that discounted, if not free. We have people volunteering like Derek Hale that played former former MLB program, Frankie Reels, Chuck Alessi that are charging very, very reasonable prices or, or free. Uh, Derek's done free camps. 
And the reason for that is we're preparing our kids for high school, but again, forget baseball for a second. We're providing them with, and you hear them talk, our grades matter. We're teaching them about character. Uh, we talk about this all the time. I tell them, I tell the parents, forget baseball. We're teaching them character, integrity, loyalty, team, teamwork, hard work. I go, those are character traits because .0000001 are going to make it to MLB. So what we want to do is make sure that we're creating the right character traits so that they're responsible and good citizens when they grow up. So, so sorry if go I... Back. No, no, that's, no. Okay. that's great. Thank you for that. Um, so just to get more um, on the record yes. stuff down there, for example, do you support rent control in the city? So I did, I did research on this. Rent, if I, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I'm, I'm not the, 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 the politician here. There is already rent control in the state of California, right? They're going so much. So one of the things that I propose, too, is, and you heard it from me on The Patriot, uh, I want to get our renters to become homeowners. Mm -hmm. So the trade school, when I talk about youth, I'm not just talking about the kids that are 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. I'm talking that age group from eight, 18 to 33. Mm -hmm. Right, and that's why I'm so such a big proponent of bringing trade schools here mm -hmm. to the city of Downey. Our renters, you saw the letters. You know how many people are struggling, right? Uh, they're living paycheck to paycheck. So you can take advantage of upgrading and and be part of our trade school to get a better job, get better income. When I was a big exec at a, a, a large bank, at Bank of America, we had programs to help uh, renters become first-time homebuyers. So there's funds out there. There's funds from the state, from the from the from the Fed, and from the banks. So I want to work with our local banks to bring some of those funds here, and stop having you pay rent. Let's be let's help you become a homeowner. That's the American dream: become a homeowner. So if we increase the opportunity for our renters to become homeowners, mm -hmm. get them better paying jobs, what do you think that'll do to crime? Mm -hmm. It'll go down. Again, let's be proactive, not reactive. So when you say so, rent control, I think it's a capitalist society. I used to, many years ago, own rental properties. And what I would do is I would fix them up, new roof, new this and the other, and I would hire tenants. I would get tenants that would, um, that would uh, take care of the property, so to speak, because I wouldn't charge that much because it would be to my benefit. So it's a win-win. I'm always mm -hmm. looking to work for solutions. Mm -hmm. Just with the lights, there's some that are opposed, there's some that I'm in favor, but I understand the concerns. Let's find a common ground to make sure that it's minimal impact to the, to the, to the traffic, right? Same thing here. Rents, let's get you to become a homeowner. Let's help you become a homeowner. Let's help you take that pride in your city. So just, so just for clarity, yes. you wouldn't support it? Uh, no, control. no. And additional. And, uh, additional, and thank you. I, I wouldn't support additional rent control because to my knowledge, there's already rent control in place. Got it. Good. So, um, so Ernesto, tell us, and we'll get a chance to wrap it up here. And here, why do you think you'd be the best candidate? And what else would you like to say here to the viewers? And then we're wrapping this up. Thank you. So, what I would like to say, uh, why the best candidate? It, to me, it's 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 simple. Number one, I don't know anyone any favors. By that I mean. You have the people that are being supported by, when you look at who's funding whose campaign, mine's is truly a grassroots uh, initiative. So I don't know anyone any favors. So my vote will be the fifth vote. And if I get in there, 
I'm going to be your voice. So I'm going to be the voice that we haven't had. I was there, uh, little known fact, uh, there's been more, there's more than one candidate that, that helped with Catherine Alvarez's recall. I walked the streets, I gathered people, I contributed resources. So number one is uh, why a good candidate? Because I give a damn about Downey. I really do. I put in the time, volunteering. I don't just take on issues. I'm more than just a president. I'm more than just a volunteer. I'm a businessman. I'm a family man. I'm the only, I'm the only candidate that has kids in Downey Unified School District. I care. I live here. Okay, so I have the experience. I know the people. I'm willing to fight, and I answer to no one. The only people I answer to is the voters, to you. You will have a voice at the table. I will bring up your concerns. The other, the, the, the other thing why I'm the most qualified, I believe, is, again, I've, I think I'm the only candidate I could say I've managed over 800 employees. I've managed national projects from a business level. I'm a business owner, okay? I've been a volunteer. Please, one thing I do implore that everyone does here, check everyone's resume. There's candidates previously that, have, that say, oh, I belong to Gangs Out of Downey, I belong to the Roadie Club, I've done this for years, and they sign up during the election time. I didn't sign up for the election. I've been doing this for years. I stand up and I fight, I fight. I'm a fighter, I'm not a politician. Also, también para la comunidad hispana, hay candidatos que dicen que nomás ellos son los únicos que hablan español. Yo también hablo español, no necesito cambiar mi, mi apellido para dejar saber quién soy. Very proud of where I'm from, where I came from, where my family came from, but I'm more proud to be a citizen of this great country, born and raised here, I'm more proud of being someone that could bring unity to, you look at my ads, you look at the people that are supporting me. I am supported by, I have the most diverse campaign. I'm talking to the most people. I'm here for Los Habla Hispana. I'm here for the white America. I'm here for black America. I'm not here concerned about national issues because I believe that there, I can't, there's only, I'm focused on controlling what we can control. And what we can control is ending homelessness, minimizing crime, helping our youth, helping our local homeowners and business owners, and helping the residents of, of Downey. Yeah. So I also promise that if you don't vote for me, if I am elected, like I told those residents that are against the lights because of the parking, I wanna be a better neighbor. So whatever I can do to get to that common ground I will do. It's not my way or the highway. I'm here to represent all the citizens of District 3. Ernesto, it's obvious that you're very passionate about your community, and uh, we appreciate you taking the time uh, to invest in, in your hometown, and we appreciate you taking the time to appear on this podcast. We Thank you. Thank you. We appreciate it. Uh, I, yeah. I appreciate the, the opportunity. I would also, to the rest of the candidates, for those that took the opportunity to be on this podcast, thank you. For those that didn't, I would I would uh, strongly encourage you to do it. I also would encourage the rest of the candidates that are running in District 3, if not all of us, let's not wait for the debate. Let's have a good conversation on this podcast or any podcast of what makes us different, what are we all about. Uh, let's let, let our, our voters have a better and more informed decision 
I think it. I, th I think we owe it to the voters to ensure that they have the best, that, that they're extremely knowledgeable, that they know what we're about, and that they know the facts. Just like there were some myths about what I was running or, or, or the lights or, or whatnot, uh, let's get an opportunity to meet you. Let's get an opportunity for you to meet us. So I encourage all the people running, if you want to debate before, if you just want to have a candid conversation here on this podcast, let's do it. Let's make it happen. Let's not be shy. We, we have room for you here. So. Thank you. <laughs> Anyways, well, thanks again for being here. And folks, Downey residents, you get to make the decision who represents you in our community. I hope that you had an opportunity to see Ernesto, his passion, his views on there, whether you agree with them or not. Um, he uh, laid them all out for you. So I thank you, and we, we appreciate that. So anyways, thank you for seeing us, joining us, listening to us with Talking Downey with Mario. And Eric. <laughs>